it's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana Sports Writer and Sportscasters Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie. And the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Recorded live. You know, at the time of uh, recording. You're listening to the Hot Takeout Podcast, the only podcast with a 30 minutes or less guarantee, or it's free. And now your host, Chad Bradley. Can I take your order? He got my name right every time. Just so proud of him. My name is Chad Bradley, host of the Hot Takeout Podcast, which this podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network, you can find your favorite podcast or soon-to-be favorite podcast at Spreaker.com forward slash Studio DNA. My guest this week is a Dove Award nominee for rap slash hip-hop recorded song of the year from his song Praying Hands featuring Triple E, Ty Brazel, on the show this week. He just got off an enormous tour, which you might think would slow him down, but nope, right back to work. And instead of summarizing the entire interview right here, we're just going to jump right in, get right to the good stuff. For starters, thanks for being here. Thanks for calling. Sounds like you're on the road. I am. Sorry if it's bad audio. Oh, no, dude, it's podcast. So basically, like, podcast is the French word for audio doesn't matter. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I just made that up. Um, No, so... um, (laughs) Right. Do you have any food restrictions? Do I have any food restrictions as in stuff that I won't eat? Well, let's, I mean, sure, foods you won't eat or foods you can't eat because of allergies. I definitely will not eat anything with onions. (laughs) I'm very strictly against onions, for sure. So I love onions, cooked, fried, like, you name it, I'm I'm in, in on it. Is that something you've always been like, just no thanks on onions always, or? Yeah, my dad used to say that he was allergic to onions. I I probably picked it up from him, and so I just always said I was allergic to onions, but I wasn't. I just didn't like them, so now I definitely don't like them, (laughs) because I never liked them. Anything else that you're just like, nope, not going to do it? Uh, I think there's, there's a good bit of stuff that I don't eat, but... I'm a uh, I'm expanding my palate at the moment, and so I, I, I sometimes, especially being on the road, I find stuff that that I'll enjoy or find stuff that I've never tried before that I actually do like. Um, but I'm definitely a picky eater. I don't try new stuff too often. I get I'm pretty comfortable with all the stuff that I know. Yeah, that's like uh, that's the American way. We're just like. Mm. Right. I don't want to try new. What's uh, what's something right. that you've had recently that caught you caught you off guard, or like maybe maybe you found yourself in that place that you you tried, you didn't think you were gonna like it, but but then you liked it. Maybe a year or two ago, I finally tried sushi and realized it's the best thing ever. So yeah, probably sushi. I had a bad experience with sushi and uh, like got real sick after it. I really liked oh, it, wow. but like got stomach sick, and I I like even even to this day, and that was like a decade ago. To this day, oh, I can't wow. I can't look at sushi and be happy about it. Mm, I understand. But right before that. that, but right before that, I had it and I liked it, but it just, it was really bad timing. So, so you just got off, you just got off winter jam, right? Yes, sir. 
I mean, that's a long tour. How long were you out? Yeah, it was very long. It was uh, three months in total. So about, well, we did 54 shows, 43 shows because one got canceled. Um, but it was a long, fun, but long tour. Yeah, so it's basically like you guys are out like four shows at a time, right? Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, some some weekends we would do three shows, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but that was only, I think, twice out of the whole tour. So pretty much every weekend was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What was your favorite city? Um, I would say a lot of it was a blur, but I do remember Knoxville being a great crowd. I remember Pittsburgh being an awesome downtown area and a great crowd. Uh, hometown shows pretty much. South Haven, Mississippi, right by Memphis, uh, was a great show for me. And the last show was really good. We were in Cleveland. That was a fun show. Um, but it, 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 pretty much almost every show was a good show. But there was there was a few that, that stuck out to me. Did you make any uh, surprise friends on Winter Jam? Uh, yeah, I, I'm a, you know, I, I am a, I'm just a relationship cultivator. And so if there's people in my vicinity, whether it's on the bus or in my locker room or around me, I just, I try to make sure that I'm building those friendships. And I definitely met some people that I clicked with and I thought were, you know, very cool. And we got along, I got along with a lot of people's fans. I was on the bus with the audio crew and they were really, really fun guys, really good people to be around. And I met some of the, well, I met all the artists, but I got cool with a few of the artists more than others. It was just everybody. It was a really, this year was a really good atmosphere and a really fun group of people to be around. I think everybody enjoyed it to my knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as long as you get like 70%, there's always going to be that one group that's like, they just brought the kids or they just brought and they're like, eh, I'm not, I'm not into this. So how, how did that compare to maybe when you were out on the road with KB and Triple E? Um, so I think the tour I did with KB and Triple E, it was different because obviously there was more, it was catered more to a hip hop crowd, which sure. was fun because, you know, it's a different type of environment for an artist like myself. You know, there's a little bit more energy and excitement surrounding uh, my music and my set. But uh, Winter Jam is also different in that it, there's, um, you know, there's a increased amount of exposure. You know, it's a lot, lot, uh, a lot of people in those arenas, and so you you get the opportunity not only to expose your music to a lot of these people, but to encourage people with your message and really, you know, a lot of the youth and, and young adults and teenagers that I got messages from or that I got a chance to to meet after the shows. You know, I, I heard a lot of awesome stories of you know, the way that my music impacted them during the, during my set or during tour, or maybe they heard about me and then listened to the music and were impacted by it. And so it was, um, you know, it's, it's not a pound for pound. It's not apple to apple comparison for sure. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed both tours and both of them were my first, well, KB was my first tour where I rode on a tour bus and, and that was an awesome experience and getting to get back on a tour bus again for this one, you know, and on my headlining tour, we had a sprinter van and, and the, the smaller <laughs> tour I did before that, we were in a van. And so I've, I've pretty much gone through all the different ranks of, you know, travel. And so it, it's just fun experiences and being able to have those stories to tell and, and experiences to share. What is it? What is a moment that you had on tour from somebody that reached out 
Uh, just a story from Winter Jam that someone reached out and and said kind of you know what your music did for them. I, I posted on Instagram one time that I was just posting about my performance at Winter Jam. I posted a video of me performing with my DJ, and I asked who all had come to Winter Jam. You know, leave a comment and you know tell me about your experience or if you're looking forward to see me. When are you going to see me? And somebody commented and said that they got saved during my set, and so that was kind of the ultimate goal as a Christian artist is to be able to reach to the soul level with your, with your music and be able to, you know, want, you know, I always tell people my mission is to encourage the church um, and to influence the world. And so those type of moments is just exciting to hear that, you know, your work is not only is it not in vain, it's, it's fruitful and it's, and it's exciting these stories like that. So a young young kid, I think they were probably, you know, in middle school or something. They said wow. they got saved uh, during my performance. So I mean, that was that was exciting. That was really fun to see because you know you never know who else is having experiences like that who just hasn't told you. And so it, it it's encouraging as an artist for sure. Yeah, man, for for sure. I can imagine that kind of like fuels your tank, especially if that's in a part of your oh, yeah. your, your main objective. Speaking of new music, you got a, a new uh, a new single out. Are you referring to Mint for Me? Yeah. Okay, so that song got sent to radio yesterday. Uh, it came out on my album in December, but we just released it as a single to radio yesterday. So we're excited to see what it's going to do. But I'm very, very excited about it. This is actually my first single that's ever been officially, maybe, maybe second or third, but I know my maybe my first one that got sent out for real, for real to Christian radio. And so I'm excited to, you know, start building those relationships with the stations and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, th- I think that song's already getting some love in like Houston and St. Louis and some of those yeah. other markets that have some of the bigger, yeah, uh, sure. like hot CHR hip hop, uh, stations <laughs> sure. like engine and boost and all that. So that, I mean, great, great following, great stations to have yeah. on your song. That's, I mean, great markets to be in too. Those are huge markets. Absolutely. And I actually, on my first headlining tour this past fall, 2018, I did a collaborative show with Boost Radio and Engine Radio in mm. Houston and St. Louis, and they were my biggest shows of the tour. And so it was, I definitely want to keep building on those markets and go back and hit those markets again. And so I, I love having them uh, in place. And I hope also to be able to be part of the movement to continue to expand urban and Christian hip hop. Yeah. And, uh, urban Christian music to, to radio. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the next couple of years with that. But it's a blessing to have those places in place at the moment. It's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, uh, which, which of those stations were your favorite boost or engine? I know guys from both stations and I'm trying to start a beef with them. <laughs> well, you know, for sure that as an artist, I'm definitely not going to answer that question, <laughs> but and, but I will say that uh, I have known Chris Chicago for a long time, and he, I consider him to be a very close friend. So I definitely, uh, I definitely love both stations. But you know, I have a very long-lasting relationship with with Chris Chicago. Yeah, for sure, man. He, uh, if 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 there's any person that gets hip hop from like the, the Christian radio world, I feel like it's Chris Chicago. I aspire to be that guy. And to be honest with you, I mean, that's partly the mm. reason this, this, uh, this podcast exists is to kind of be mm. an outlet for artists li- like yourself who maybe, I mean, there's not a lot of stations like NGen and boost and there's, I mean, there's a handful of others 
across the country, but there's not a lot of stations like that. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping to just kind of be the guy that's in between places like that, that have those stations. So yeah, I mean, Chris Chicago, I mean, the, the, the folks over at Boost, phenomenal people, phenomenal stations. And you're a smart man not to get in the midst of that beef, but I'm going to see, <laughs> I'm going to see a Twitter war. I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> Backstabbing back, biting back, conniving back, wishing on my downfall. Sit back, watch the plan unfold. Back to the wall, so my face facing God. Overcome the eyes, I bounce back, supercharged. Yeah, lean on me. Just promise you'll be there when I need you. Cause more than I see intentions deceitful. Yeah, swimming with the sharks and snakes, I lost trust. Yeah, lost trust. Look, pull a seat up to the table, just don't pull a Judas. Jesus well, guess that's why I'm always going through. It. From the dirt came the rose and I feel like Damar From the earth, that's the dust, I was chosen and called It was different for me, yeah They couldn't see the vision, it was crystal to me, yeah Look at how the tables turn, interestingly, yeah If it's what it is, that's what it's meant to be, meant to be Ay, tall down on me, yeah I could never be that what you want me to be, yeah Iced out my chest, I put my heart on my sleeve, yeah Blessing never stopped cause it was meant for me, yeah I found some uh, I found some information on social media a little while ago, and I I don't have a name for this game just yet. The gist of the game is basically I found a list of cities that have the absolute most fast food restaurants in those cities in all of the country. If you could just randomly say a few cities that you think might be the most fast food restaurants in them, try to name those off real fast whenever you're ready. See if you we see if we can get one of them. I would. Was- think that New York would be somewhere on there. New York, New York, maybe. I mean, I'll I'll tell you right off the bat, New York is not on my list. It might be, it might be a little further down on the list, but of the eight that I have, once I tell you these cities, you're going to be like, really? Those cities? And one of them, the number one, the number one spot actually really makes sense. Okay. Once you think through the layers of it, but New York, New York, not on the list. All right, well, let me try some more. Let's go with Los Angeles. Uh, y- no. No? Okay. No. All right. Let's go with Kansas City. No. Okay. All right. I'm doing terrible so far. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Let's go with Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. A- Atlanta's on the list. Yeah. That's, right. uh, that's uh, right. at least on this list, it's number eight, but I don't think, I think it's just kind of like, hey, here are okay. eight of them. All right, well, we're making progress. Yeah, get one uh, more right, and I'll stop you, and I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. Okay. I would think maybe either St. Louis or Memphis, or is either one of those on there. So St. Louis is on that, and you said Memphis was the other? Maybe, yeah, maybe Me- Memphis. Memphis not listed. So uh, I'll keep true okay. to my promise. Uh, the top, okay. the, the very top city that has the absolute most fast food restaurants in its vicinity is Orlando. And mm. it makes sense because oh. of Disney and all those theme parks, and they just want that money. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I, I know, like, like I, Orlando. When I first saw that, I was like, Orlando? Like, retirement? Ca-? Then I was like, oh, yeah, not retirement. Theme parks. Right. And then Cincinnati is on the list, which is kind of an odd, like, they must really like, what's that restaurant that is in Cincinnati? Skyline. Do you, do you like Skyline Chili? Never been there. Okay, it's not, in my personal opinion, not that great. Uh, moving on. Right. Also, Las Vegas. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow. I wouldn't have guessed any of those. 
So, dude, tell me about your uh, your musical journey. You've you've not always been a Christian rapper, right? Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, if you have the time, I would love to hear your story. Just, I mean, make it as brief or as long as you want. Just kind of give me a synopsis of how Ty Brazel is where he is right now. Um, well, I started out realizing that I was interested in music when I was in a young kid. My father and my mother and they used to play a lot of different music around me, so many different genres. And so I got a taste of a broad palette of music when I was young, and I realized that I was interested in all sorts of music. Um, but as I got older, maybe around early middle school, uh, I started to realize that I was drawn to hip-hop and R&B and jazz and um, more urban music. And uh, and I, I just really took a liking to it. And as I got older, I really wanted to play football um, and I wanted to go to the college and play football and go to the league. And I ended up, uh, getting on, I started doing drugs when I was in high school around ninth, 10th grade. And I started to lose focus on my sports and I kind of ruined my opportunities with sports. And so got real sad about that. Um, and around my senior year, I was just kind of just smoking every day. I was popping pills and just trying to really numb the pain because I was really broken over the fact that I ruined my opportunity sport. And um, so I ended up, I was listening to music all the time. That's all I really did was I would get high and listen to music. And I got to a point where I started to listen to instrumentals and beats and I would start rapping on them, just kind of freestyling, having fun. And I realized like, oh, dang, I, I I'm kind of good at this, like, mm-hmm. and then I, I would, I would do it with my friends. We would, you know, we would uh, rap together, just kind of freestyling, and and then they realized, like, dang, you're kind of good at this, like, you're like really good at this. And then I was like, okay, well, all right, well, I probably can't be a rapper because I go to school next year and this and that. So I ended up having an encounter with God my my 12th grade summer, where um, I was just in a bad place and. My friend encouraged me to call out to Jesus, and I did, and he revealed himself to me. So I went to college, and I fell right back into my old lifestyle. I was living for God for about three weeks, <laughs> and then I went to college. And first day down there, just drugs everywhere, drinks, free drinks everywhere. Everybody was trying to party, and everybody was trying to, you know, chase girls and this and that. And I, I got caught up right in it, and I got arrested my third day down at school. And so I had to, you only get three strikes. At Ole Miss, and so uh, I got two strikes really quick uh, just from getting arrested with, with drugs, and um, and I started, actually, that's where I started doing music, so I started, I, I created a group with a friend, uh, and we started rapping together, it was called Comfortable Kids, and we started rapping on campus, and we, we, we really became uh, an attraction, a thing that people wanted to see, I think it was every Tuesday we would do open mic, and we would kind of headline the open mic at our dorm, and it was started hundreds of people started to come and we started to open up for shows down there <laughs> um but as my career was starting to take off my my life was just going down you know down the drain like I was just constantly in trouble I had people you know I would gain a lot of enemies um because of my lifestyle and my friend that I used to run with he was uh you know he he had a lot of enemies and so I was just in a really tough place mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And um, 
I eventually got to the point where I got arrested, I think, four times during my freshman year. And my final time getting arrested, they just kind of hit me that I was getting ready to waste my life. And um, and while I was in the cell, I just surrendered to Jesus. And I told him, I want to I want to live life. I don't want to be in a box. I don't want to be in a cell for the rest of my life. I want to live out my purpose. And I want to travel the world. And I want to do great things. And I want to do music for God. And um, it took a couple months after that experience. But it was a slow process. And I finally got to the point where I surrendered my whole life to Jesus. And... Um, and I tried to clean up the music with my friend, but it didn't work. And the next, the next year, my sophomore year of college, I went down there for one semester, and uh, I ended up dropping out and realizing that I wanted to pursue music as a solo Christian artist. I wanted to take my music fully over into the Christian industry. And so I dropped out of school and uh, came home and started working and saving up money to, to do music on the Christian side of things. And... Uh, started a clothing line and was going to use the money from the clothing line to fund my music and um, ended up stopping the clothing line after about a year. But yeah, so pretty much the rest is history. I just started dropping singles and I started dropping projects and, you know, that was 2013. 2014 is when I dropped my first single. But uh, so, yeah, it's been about a six year journey on my on the Christian side of things. But yeah, that's my a short version of my story. I love this story, uh, partly because I love seeing people come from all over the place. Like everybody has right. a, a very unique, specific story and everybody's story Absolutely. is different. And sometimes I feel like we want our story to mimic or be similar to someone else's story. Like I was a, a homeschooled kid and I was like, man, I, I would love to, I would love to get caught with drugs. I would love to get caught with alcohol, like be, be that edgy kid. But no, I'm like, I'm afraid that someone's going to think that I cheated on my taxes. Like that's, that's, that's where I'm at. So like I've got, I'm afraid of my own little shadow. I don't know. I I love that God loves and gives grace to everybody from all corners. Yeah. I was actually, I'm, I was in Atlanta today. I was uh, at reach working on some music and Lecrae came in the studio and he was talking to us and he said something very powerful. And I I was like, man, uh, you should tweet that or I'm going to tweet it. But basically, he said, uh, you can't out the cross. And he was making a powerful statement about his own life and how God's grace is so sufficient. There's so much power and restoration inside of uh, inside of God's presence. And, you know, and, and to be able to, for God to love us so much and to walk through us and love us even while we are sinners and while we are in sin and while we run from him to, you know, it, it, it really increases uh your appreciation for him and how much you love him once once he shows you uh just how gracious he is towards you and so it, it's powerful yeah i think if there was uh if there was a magic wand that i could wave it would be to forget that i will never have a relationship with god so good that he's no longer necessary right like is that Absolutely. i was thinking about i heard i heard a pastor say that over the weekend he's is does his uh he he preaches at a church in houston and he said God will never give us a life that he's unnecessary. And that just got me thinking, like, when stuff hits the wall or hits the fan for me, I immediately bail. I'm like, God, where are you? Like, how could you possibly be absent in this moment? And then God shows up in that and on the other side of it and before it. But for for me, I'm just like, I don't want to stress. I don't want to have to rely on God if I don't have to. If I'm being honest, I don't want to have to rely on God. 
It's a tough right. thing to try to to buy back into that. Like we'll never have a life that God's not necessary, and we always have to rely on Him. So through the daily struggle, we gotta. I mean, just just lean on God and just suck up His grace. That's that's about it. Yeah. So also, it's it's you know it's probably not terrible hanging out with Lecrae. Right. That was fun. <laughs> For sure. on the door four and a half five months old right do you find yourself writing all the time for like the next album is that pretty are you that kind of a guy that you just keep writing uh well on my last album i was i was a madman i was just writing all the time and you know it ended up having 18 tracks on it and that's just the tracks that made it to the album and so i was i wrote so much that i i wrote myself into a place that was mm-hmm. I was just so drained and I needed time off. So I didn't, I want to say I didn't write for months, you know, three, four, five months. Now I also finished my album last summer. Uh, and so it didn't come out until December, but it was done in, you know, in the summer. And so between the time that it came out or that I finished it and it came out, I wrote, I think one song. So I took a lot of time off and, and of course I was touring and I was preparing for tour and I was, you know, parking in my album and I was doing a lot of work. So I, it, it helped to have something to do, but I didn't start writing again until maybe this year. Uh, I was just drained and I was worn out, but now I'm definitely writing with a fresh perspective with new experiences. Uh, and, and I'm in a much better place than I was last year. I'm just, uh, feeling a lot better, a lot more, um, connected and, disciplined and so I, I'm excited for what God's going to do through the music this year. So you said last year was uh, kind of a special year for you. Obviously your first headline tour, you dropped your debut album, L- your LP, you filmed and released seven music videos, which I've seen and dude, they are amazing. Thanks man. Uh, I don't say those things unless I have to, or unless I want to, not I have, well, I said that wrong. I've insulted sure. you. No, no, no. I know what you mean for sure. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm very proud of the work we did on those videos. What What was your favorite one? Uh, I think each one as we go, I think each one becomes my favorite just because it's the newest. And so right now, I'll probably Praying Hands too, just because it's the newest. And to me, it's the most movie-like thing I've done before. And so that was that was a fun, fun video to shoot. What do you hope to do in your in your career? What's What's a highlight you haven't had yet? I'm not really the type of person who looks to the future and 
sets a bunch of goals, and I just kind of work day by day. And my goal is to be consistent, to be the greatest version of myself that I could be. Uh, and I do a lot more reflecting than I do looking into the future. I, you know, a lot of times I just reflect on all that I've already accomplished and all that God has already done through me. And that empowers me to just keep going. But I, I'm more mm-hmm. of a day-by-day guy. So I I've, I have accomplished a lot of things that I never even thought I would have the opportunity to do. So right now I wouldn't say there's much that I want to do that I haven't done. I mean, obviously it would be exciting to do stuff like maybe win a Grammy or, you know, get in a position where, you know, I'm, uh, you know, maybe doing movies or this or that. But right now I'm very content and excited about what I've already accomplished. And I'm just trying to be consistent and keep going at this point and, and be a, um, a good friend to my friends and be a, uh, a good leader to my, uh, to my girlfriend and just try to prepare for, you know, marriage and prepare for, you know, life and, and be the best, be the best version of myself that I can be. I think that's a, cra- a crazy good answer. Cause, uh, for me, I mean, obviously I think everybody's a little bit different. Uh, but for me, like I'm constantly in motion. Like I always want to do the next thing. I always want to go to the next place. And I always want to like, once I've done something that I set out to do, it's almost underwhelming. Like, I'm like, Oh, that was it. Okay. Well, there's got to, let me do the next thing. Like I've got a lot of, a lot of interests, like stand up comedy, podcasting, radio shows, right. music. That's probably one that I've, I've not dabbled in that. I think at some point I would like to is actually doing music to some extent not yeah. R&B, not rap, not hip hop, because I sound like the absolute whitest. Like I sound like, uh, I sound like B-Rad from Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> Don't be hating. Um, so like, <laughs> it's, it's super cheesy for me. So I can't do that. Maybe, yeah. maybe a pop album, maybe a soul album. Um, enough right. about me. Let's talk about you. Uh, that's why I've invited <laughs> you here. Uh, I'm going to read a headline to you and I just want your, your just natural response from what it says. I found this earlier. Okay. I was looking up fast food news and this thing popped up. Brutal brawl breaks out at fast food restaurant after woman is hit with mayonnaise. Wow. Man, it's a very uh, evil world we live in that takes, <laughs> that goes to those type of places and then responds in those type of ways. I, I, <laughs> I truly am speechless. Uh, man, well, you'd, you'd probably start throwing some bows if they threw onions at you. Yeah, I think if, if mayonnaise was thrown at me, I would instantly begin praying um, <laughs> because that is very definitely something that's difficult to not respond with anger as to why the heck mayonnaise was just thrown on me. But uh, yeah, that is very wild. Yeah, condiments in general, no thanks. It stains all the acidity. All <laughs> right. <laughs> I think one of the best ways to really become a fan of an artist is to get to know who they are. There's a lot of music that I didn't really enjoy until I knew who was behind the writing of it or like the story behind it. And then once you know that layer, it just means so much more. Uh, and, and, right. and that's what I hope that, you know, a lot of folks get out of this is uh, just to see the next layer or the next level of, of who you are uh, and whatever other artist is on, on the podcast. So seriously, Absolutely. thanks for coming and thanks for being a part of the show. Um, before I let you go, uh, anything that you have in the works that you'd like to share, either next tour, next show, next album, uh, anything like that. And then also where can people find you? 
Well, first of all, thanks, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, it was a it was a it was a very fun interview. Very uh, different, not cookie cutter at all, or podcast, not interview, but it was it was a dope experience. So thanks for having me. Uh, and as far as things I'm working on right now, I'm not really uh, I'm writing, and I'm definitely working on new music for my next singles and projects. Uh, I don't have any tours coming up at the moment. Uh, I am working with some artists um, that I'm not allowed to name at the moment, but mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. people think that <laughs> I think that people would definitely enjoy what comes out of it. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future. I'm going to continue to, you know, with music and encourage people with with my story and my message. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for 2019 and beyond. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And you can stream or purchase my music everywhere. Music is streamed and purchased. It's Ty Brazel, T-Y underscore B-R-A-S-E-L on Instagram and Twitter, or just Ty Fake Brazel everywhere else. And then you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a show, and then you share it on your social media so your friends don't have to miss a show either. Don't hide this from your friends. Don't be that person. Also, make sure you listen next week. I'll finish up my conversation with Ty Brazel. We'll play some more fun games and get to know him just a little bit more. Also, a huge thanks to my friends over at Curb Word Records. Thank you so much for your help setting this interview up. And thank you so much for letting me play his killer music. You're the best. Catch you all next week. 